I have to wonder if we're all going to be doing the Monster Mash come summer 2024 because the Duluth Harbor Monsters will be our local indoor football team. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, we're back on the Northland Sports page. Dave, we've already said we have aspirations. We'll see if they become true or not of being perhaps the radio play-by-play home that's for those hope. Duluth Harbor yep, Monsters. Yep. We hope that's another big announcement, maybe ahead sometime. But they made a big one this week. They've got a head coach, and we've got him with us shortly. But first, pay homage to our sponsors. Well, we need then, to have we're talking Harbor Monsters, we need to start with Hoops Brewing. OAR Holding, Carl's Heating See, and I Cooling. Yeah, I totally thought you were going to go Pier B, but Hoops makes sense because they're a big sponsor your of the team as well. Carrier, Carrier, your Carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including the locations on London Road, in Proctor, into Harbors, downtown doing Blackwater, Tavern on the Hill up by the colleges, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart, Spike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort. Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai and Comfort Systems. So with that, we say thanks, of course, to all of our sponsors for making this and each and every Saturday possible on the Northland Sports page. And it is a pleasure to talk to somebody who I've met before due to our prep football coverage and my prep football public address work over the years. But now I get to say, please welcome not only Duluth Denfeld assistant coach, but Duluth Harbor Monsters head coach, Tony O'Neill. Tony, good morning. Thanks for being here. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, Good morning, man. I'm doing quite well. Just got done with prep. Yeah, it's got to be a big week. Yes, yeah, it's been a, a huge week. A lot of a lot of people walking up to me and telling me congrats who I've never met before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just getting used to that, you know, that notoriety. So tell me a little bit about how it came to be. We've known that the Harbor Monsters are really just getting started. You know, they had a general manager opening that's been filled recently, and obviously in the pecking order, finding a head coach was next. When did you know you wanted to put your hat in the ring, and what was that process like? Um, actually, man, I had, uh, I contacted them or their, their team page to become a sponsor because I played, uh, three years of arena ball. And I kind of know that when a team comes to town, they're looking for good places to feed the team, um, you know, that, that will work with them so that they're not paying too much of an expense. Um, especially for the guys that will be staying, you know, in the housing that we put them in. So I started off with that and then the owner and the GM came in, um, and we got to talking about football and he just, he put it on the table, man, that he would like for me to become the head coach if I was interested in doing that. Um, because I know a lot of the, the, uh, local kids that have graduated that are still around in training, um, as well as, uh, arena players that I can get here to help the team succeed. Well, and I think that makes for an interesting segue into a question I hadn't planned on. I don't pre-plan a lot of questions anyway, but with you being a local presence as the coach, can we anticipate maybe a little bit more of a local presence on the roster because of the connections you do have? Yes. Um, yeah, we have, I have three, three guys in mind right now, um, that have graduated, you know, a few years ago that have still been here, um, working out with, I can, I will with Dre. Um, and, uh, I, I think because of this being like a flag, a six versus six concept, um, where everybody's eligible on the line, as far as the offense, um, it only makes sense to keep it local so that we can have fans supporting local guys That's all true. about the community. You know, you are just absolutely throwing me segues bit by bit here because you talked about the difference in terms of what this football is going to look like versus, say, what you're doing at Denville when it's 11 on 11. How are you going to adapt to this, or is the fact that you played arena ball going to make it that much easier for you? Um, it actually doesn't make it easier because the arena ball I played was the the uh, original format yeah. um, where, where everybody is ineligible. You have high-motion receivers. Um, you have a running game. Um, this one... The philosophy of it is a little bit different. It's it's high, high scoring, high passing, a lot of movement. 
Um, so no, it, it, it doesn't go hand in hand at all. I have my work cut out for me, but we're steadily building our playbook as we go and trying to fit the pieces once the combine happens next year. Talking with the Harbor Monsters head coach, Tony O'Neill. This is fun, Dave, because we had Tim Brown on this show, the mm-hmm. commissioner of this league back in April when it first became apparent that Duluth was going to have a team. And Tim warned us this isn't going to be conventional football that you're used to. They're taking some liberties and going to enjoy it. So it's fun to hear the adjustments as they continue to take shape. Speaking of adjustments, how about questions that we've had? Because this is super. This gets super exciting now. So one of the questions that I have, and, and I'm actually, Brian, you and I have talked about how to win with a minor league team, and it's all about um, local. It's not about local all the time, but you've got to have enough to draw people. And so it sounds like that's a focus. But here's, here's my question about these players. So what can the Harbor Monsters mean to the players that are there? What's this opportunity mean for them? What could it mean? Um, it means a second chance at ball, um, obviously at the pro level, um, because once you are a paid athlete, college is out the door. Um, but it, it truly gives you an opportunity to get film against high competition players and hopefully get you a tryout at the next level, be it CFL, AF1, or NFL. So, Tony, we can talk about the Harbor Monsters a lot, and we hope to do that closer to the kickoff of that season. But you wear many hats when it comes to the sport of football. We were talking via text this week about the number of things that you do as part of Eric Lofold's staff at Duluth-Denfeld. We said it's been a big week. You've gotten a lot of congratulations, hopefully not just for the Harbor Monsters head coaching position because you deserve congratulations for a big win you guys got at Hermantown on Wednesday. Congratulations on the bye. You'll wait and see if you get Hermantown again a week from today if they get past Rock Ridge. But let's talk about this Hunters team because you and I have talked about the program turnaround. First couple of years of Eric Lofeld's tenure was finding a first win. Now we can only find one loss. What changed entirely? Because the culture for one, but the results, big number two. Um, honestly, his hires, um, he's, he's, this isn't your typical high school football program, or should I say uh, dictatorship post-low fall allows us to implement our ideas as a whole collectively. Um, we see things, we adjust on the fly now. Um, I'm not just the O-line, D-line coach. I'm talking to the linebackers. I'm talking to the safeties. I'm talking to the receivers. They allow me to move around a little bit without stepping on toes and honestly take um, what I have to say into um, into the game plan as long as with the other position coaches. Like, it's collectively really team ball. So, Coach, last year – Brian and I did a number of Denfeld games, and we kept saying the same thing. Man, they have this kid running back. Like, they've got all kinds of skill players, but this one kid running back, we really kind of like. And now he's not a kid running back anymore. He's probably the best running back in this region, or in our northeastern region anyway. Tell me a little bit about what you see with Tay Mans. Oh, man, Tay, Tay, where do I begin? Tay is, uh, is, is really different, man. He's... He's always working out, always in the weight room. Um, really great, coachable kid. Um, he he's a mixture of you know Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. Like he's a tough, hard-nosed runner, and he's still finding himself as a runner. And he's only a junior right now, um, but he has a, a, a body of a, a true sophomore in college. Um, the weight that he's pushing up, um, his ability to communicate with his line and his coaches and what he sees, it's just always adjustments. Um, he, he's truly underlooked right now obviously because we just began our winning season but I truly feel um 
he's going to be on everybody's radar his senior year, which is next year. Yep. I was going to say the biggest thing about him is there's a lot of seniors on that Denfeld program this year. Tay Manz is not one of them. He'll be back for more next fall. But you guys, I've seen it on social media a lot. The Hunters aren't done in terms of this fall. I want to talk a little bit about that because a week from today, I believe at 2 o'clock, you're going to be playing the winner of Hermantown Rock Ridge. We'll have it for you actually on these airwaves as well. But I want to talk about what the message is now because Eric Lofeld correctly called Wednesday's win a program-defining win. And I think we all understand that. But how do you toss it aside and say, you know, come next Saturday, last Wednesday doesn't mean anything. You very well could have to do it again. What's the message being portrayed to the players in this week off you have? Well, uh, the message, win or lose, we don't mourn um, past games. We don't, we don't think back to past wins. We already have moved on from Friday um, the following day. We allow them. I'm in, the, I'm in the team chat. I'm like one of the guys. I'm probably the only coach in that chat with all the players. Um, but I don't allow them to, to keep their head in the clouds about what they just accomplished. We expect to accomplish that. Um, we work hard, very hard, um, and everybody has their role. As long as you do your assignment, we don't expect anything less than a win. I absolutely love that because I've said for Denfeld to get to that next level, it's time to stop planning parades after every victory and just move on. Sounds like you're doing that. Yeah, it, it's all about acting like we've been here before, although this is our first winning season in quite a while. Um, it started last year, man. It started last year with the win over East. It started last year with almost being able to compete with Croquet and, and other teams. Of course, Hermantown gave us the business, um, rightfully so. But we had uh, Coach Lofall implemented a 52-week program with Coach Danielson, and they've been in the weight room getting after it in the off season. So we fully expect um, – we, we now run our practices like a college-level um, a college-level style practice. So – Everything that we're doing moving forward um, is about getting the W for the Saturday. We're planning for Rock Ridge. They're passing. They're planning for Hermantown. They're now also passing. So um, it's just getting after as your assignments for each position. So it's going to be interesting because the winner of that game, Hermantown-Rock Ridge, obviously gets you guys. But if you talk about Rock Ridge and Hermantown, that's your last two weeks of the regular season as well. So seeing quite a bit of each other as we're chatting with Tony O'Neill, who's the head coach of the soon-to-be Duluth Harbor Monsters when they debut summer 2024. But, of course, he's an assistant on the Denfeld Hunters coaching staff currently embarking on 7-4-8 playoffs. But, again, you guys do have one week off. You'll kick off next Saturday. Tony, we talk about this at pro-level football college-level football, and it doesn't even need to be football. Insert sport here, and we talk about it. Time off to heal banged-up nature, injuries. We don't think about it with kids because they're kids. They can bounce back, and, you know, the beat goes on. But there have been injuries. Mace Brooks has taken some shots. Deshaun Moore has been in and out of games. How big is this week off to just be able to simply play because you're getting Cole Abernathy back defensively, too, we think, could be a big deal. Yeah, um, I mean, football is a violent sport, man. Injuries come with it. But at the end of the day, the message to the kids are, do you want to be good or do you want to be great? And most of them rise to the challenge. Um, it's the difference between being hurt and injured. Um, the Owies, we, we coached them up on the sideline so they get back out there. Um, Sean did go out versus that Hermantown game. But after a coach up on the sideline, he put his equipment back on. He went out there and produced. Um it's, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, we can't really control injuries, but this bye week does give us some time to heal up um, and get ready for Saturday. So, Tony, one of the things that I always say about coaches, and most of the time I think it's accurate, other times it may not be, but we tend to find, and especially at the younger levels, that teams take on their coach's personality. 
We know that the football is going to be radically different, for lack of a better phrase, between the Harbor Monsters and the Hunters in style of play. But what can players expect if they're looking to maybe join the Harbor Monsters? What part of your personality do you think is going to transfer over from Denfeld football to Harbor Monster football? What can they expect in playing for you? Um, it starts with discipline for our defense, um, doing their jobs and, and, and getting on and off the field with physical play. And then offense is just high-scoring attitude, offensive-type players that we can set up systematically to, to be playmakers. So that leads right into a question that I actually asked Dave Hoops just a minute ago, um, and I'd like your take on this. So, Coach, you just mentioned discipline. So where does discipline lay in sports success? Because we talk about attitude. We talk about talent. We talk about availability. Where does discipline lie in there? Um, it, it's, it's strong, man. It's, you know, the difference between making a physical play, a pancake or dominating somebody and then picking that guy up, you know, shaking their hand and telling them getting after it the next play versus getting into a fight on the field because something happened um, that you didn't like or he got the best of you or even just locking in on the ball and not jumping off sides or false start. I mean, discipline is, is truly a major factor, especially for football. And again, the the day, and again, we are chatting football. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's truly a, I mean, it's all I've ever been taught. I'm from Miami, Florida, um, where we got really coached up with <laughs> coaches in your face. It's not, I will say that coach Lowfall has taught me to love, like, you know, love your players up. Um, that's what I've been getting better at. Um, because I just came from a physical sport. Like that's, that's been my mindset in your face. Um, dominance, always looking for the next play, always getting after it. But to learn that it's more than X's and O's has, has been the, the biggest learning curve for me. And I think that that's going to help me moving on back to the grown men and arena style play of football. I think that's very well said. I didn't mean to step on you there, but I was anxious to go off the field and have a little bit more fun with a different topic because Dave Cook mentioned Dave Hoops. And with Dave Hoops segment on this show, we talk a lot of sports, but we sprinkle in talk about the brewery. We sprinkle in talk of just about anything, but sometimes it's the sports and beer combo that we really enjoy. With you, Tony, we can do a little sports and food combo because I said to you, I know about Jamrock, the restaurant, and I know about the exotic menu and the different choices that they have. My problem is I haven't been there yet, and you and I agree that I need to change that, but you talked about how your relationship with the Harbor Monsters was set to begin. Tell us all about Jamrock because it's been on my to-do list. I just haven't done it yet. Um, well, Jamrock uh, truly started in the, in the trenches, man. We, we started with just a catering grill. Um, and kind of just took off from there, um, you know, from the pandemic until now. Uh, we're just a restaurant that offers a different style of food. Everything's always fresh, never frozen. Um, we don't do quick quick cooks or, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It, it's never, it's always different. Um, it's always it's always flavored. It's always seasoned. We use the smoker in the midst of winter. It doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. I'm on that smoker. It's just a, a, a true uh, different experience than what the other restaurants have to offer. The one that catches my eye every time, I'm going to start having you text me. This is back on the menu, but the seafood boil, that's every time I wish I'd gotten there. Yeah, we we, uh, we also started the seafood boil. Um, we, we've noticed that other restaurants have tried to, tried to mimic. I mean, we're in a copycat game, um, but we're the originators of it up here, and it's definitely a fan favorite. Every time we host it as a special, it's always sold out. 
um, and they're always requesting more. We can never buy enough of it. All right, Coach. When Brian comes and he brings me along, the question is the hard diet of the of the celiac, the gluten free. What can I eat? Uh, just about everything. Um, we don't outside of the the obvious. We we don't we use gluten free seasoning. Um, jerk is gluten free as well. Um, so we we do cater to the gluten free community. Um, normally, when we were before we added it to the menu, when we did Rasta pasta. We did gluten-free noodles. We do gluten-free macaroni and cheese. It's just, uh, it's not a a big seller, obviously, but it's nice to be able to offer it yes. when somebody comes in yep. and asks for it. Yep. You talked about sponsorship opportunities. I smell a sponsorship opportunity with you with this show on the Northland Sports page. I want to close with this, though, because that's all about marketing, our last couple of questions. And as you took the job and were announced the head coach of the Harbor Monsters here this week, what have they said to you about trying to market this team because that's always the biggest thing when Duluth has taken on, you know, non-professional teams, if you will, but not college or prep either. You know, you look at the Duluth Huskies, you look at the Clydesdales of old indoor football was here once the biggest challenge was marketing the team. And I know they'll have people in place to do that, but have they said anything to you about you as the coach need to do your share of that as well? Yeah, we all, we all are all uh, hands on deck. Obviously I have a huge following on my Facebook page on social media. Um, So I do my part. I'm trying to get the right people locked in um, that I know will be beneficial um, to not only um, us helping them, but, you know, um, them helping us. Um, everybody is, is welcome to jump on board with the sponsorship. Um, it goes hand in hand. Um, it, it's not a one-sided thing at all. Um, you know, when we plan on filling seats, these people need somewhere to go, be it hotel or restaurants or, uh, you know, just, just anything. Sponsorships are always a good thing. Absolutely it is. Tony O'Neill, this was a lot of fun. I'll get to see you next Saturday, opponent to be determined, but enjoy that bye week. Good luck in the playoffs with the Hunters. I hope we see you a lot with the Harbor Monsters come summer as well. Moral of the story, I hope our relationship is just beginning. This was fun, and thank you very much. I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks. Take care. Absolutely. You as well. That's Tony O'Neill, coach wearing many hats, one for the Denfield Hunters, one for the Duluth Harbor Monsters. Good conversation. Great conversation, and it sounds like I have another place to go eat. There you go. We're learning more and more every single segment here on the Northland Sports page. We'll try to teach you something with buy or sell. That's next. Stick around. We aren't saying goodbye at all, not at least till noon. We've still got a solid half an hour left. Time to play buy or sell here on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Big thanks to Tony O'Neill. That was Football great, Football coach it? is maybe what we should just call him because he's coaching the Hunters, coaching the Harbor Monsters soon, but it was a good chat. It was a fantastic chat. It was nice to meet somebody new in the area who's going to be pulling our football community together. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Speaking of pulling a community together, we hope to do that on the Northland Sports page. we got a good community of sponsors for sure. We sure do. We have the OG, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier, carrier, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations up on the hill at Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater right downtown, into Harbors right on the highway, in Proctor, also, right on the highway with the uh, with the big addition next door, the the hotel next door, quite your one stop shop there, and London Road, uh, the location that we tend to frequent. Avenue Forty Five, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, and Comfort Systems. So again, we're very grateful for those sponsors. Comfort Systems won't be long, although the forecast doesn't look like it. But I want to get that furnace oh, up and ready. Yes. I, I did get an alert. 
courtesy of the folks here at Town Square Media because I've got the cool 101.7 app. I've got the Northland Fan app, which, by the way, everyone should have because it's an easy way to listen to us. But I did see, and I hope this is just weather terrorism, that potential for the first measurable snowfall could be next week. Now, my weather app on my phone, no matter how much you trust that, didn't show anything of the sort. Way too warm to be snow, but it just tells you what lies ahead and having that furnace functional courtesy of comfort systems and or cross heating and cooling uh, is a very good idea. Yeah. Now's the time to take a look at it. I know our heat kicked off last night. Right. Now, that might be my fault for leaving the window open, but we won't mention that, but we will say Dynamite. That, that, yeah, that I have yet to hear, but it's early. The, um, but I, if the furnace fired up and you know, there's always that little bit of dust in the air and, so yeah, now's the time. Reach out to Comfort Systems. Uh, reach out to Krause if you if you need your furnace to fire up and it doesn't. Now's the time to reach out to them too. Absolutely, it's time to buy what our sponsors are selling. It's also time to play buy or sell here on the Northland Sports Page. If you're new to the game, first of all, where you been? Second of all, here's how it works. I'm going to give a statement in regards to each of the four major sports leagues: the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. If you agree with my statement, you say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell, and you tell me why. Dave Cook, that looks like he's allergic to the studio right now. Your eyes are bugging you, aren't they? You are uh, hopefully ready to go with, A, the order in which we play, and B, some hot takes associated with the statements. Blistering hot. If you need to do this with your eyes closed, your sports knowledge is so good, you can do this show with your eyes closed. Go ahead. I'm going to do that for a bit. I'm sure my radio presence has put people to sleep before. Go ahead. No, I wish I was sleeping. Um, All right, Brian, let's start with baseball because it's current, it's fun, and let's do it. All right, Major League Baseball, I do want to talk to you a little bit about what we think is going to happen in whatever's left of the postseason because Dave Hoops hit on it. The baseball last night was quite good. I didn't see much of it live because I was at the UMD hockey game, but the baseball being played is quite good if you have an iron in the fire. I think a lot of us with the Twins done and the Yankees not playing so we don't have the villain really don't have that iron in the fire, but... I'm going to go twin-centric with Major League Baseball today because Gold Glove finalists have been announced. And the pitcher position, all of them had a twins lineage, if you will. Jose Barrios, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez are your American League Gold Glove finalists at the pitcher position. Buy or sell that when it comes to Gold Gloves, the pitcher position is the toughest one to figure out. You know what? That's a heck of a question. Thank you. I am going to say buy because the what what's the defining? I mean, you have a right fielder. You kind of know what that looks like, right? You know what a center. How many fielder, comebackers do you get in a season? Right. How many comeback? How how good are you at throwing pickoffs? I guess. Um, but here's my guess, and this comes straight. This will come straight from my dad's box of reasoning. The winner of this year's Golden Glove is going to be Jose Barrios, and why is that? Because the Twins have two out of three chances to win. So and that way, see, you're surprised and excited when the Twins win. But I thought maybe it was a mea culpa because they pulled him after three solid innings in the playoffs. Well, the Here, twins, we'll give you a gold glove. You're twins, fine. Twins did that to him, too, So except it was five innings back then. Right. Um, no, but I think you're right. I mean, look at Jim Cott won like a million of them. Greg Maddox won a million of them. What made him special? Well, I think it's probably good decisions when the ball is in their hands defensively, whether they go to first, whether they throw the pickoff at second base like they did or comebackers the whole shooting match so yeah but i i agree with you i think it's the toughest position i buy as well but i'll say this and i think it's changing a little bit but it certainly used to be when i was growing up all of the gold gloves were hard to define because it felt like a defensive award that still went to offensive standouts the don mattingly yes ken herbeck should add a ton and don mattingly got them all so i was waiting to see oh they'll still put otani as a finalist for the pitcher gold glove because he's that good as a overall offensive player 
But yeah, pitching is very hard to define because how many comebackers do you get in a year? How much range are you showing on a bunt? How good are you at holding runners? How many pickoffs did you accomplish? Now, Sonny Gray probably had the biggest of the year, gave the playoff win to the Twins with Vladdy caught napping off second base. But I just don't know that you can define a gold glove pitcher. Now, the Twins have a history of it. You mentioned Jim Cott. He was one of the best. Greg Maddox in his time in the National League was one of the best. But I just don't think about great defensive pitchers because it just doesn't happen often enough. But I was pleased to see that, you know, in the same ilk of it being an offensive award that is defensive in category, I don't feel like they did this here because I just said, you know, they didn't put Otani in there. You didn't see Garrett Cole in there because you just say, oh, yeah, that's a huge name. I have no idea if they're good at fielding or not. But I can say this. I follow Sonny Gray and Paulo Lopez very closely because they play for my favorite team. I still don't know how good of a fielding pitcher they really are. Well, and and frankly, we followed Brios and said Brios should have been involved in um, uh, in awards like this for a long, long time. So he's getting his too. So this, you can feel good about whoever wins this because they all came up or they're all playing for the Twins. Right. So one, one down, three to go. What league would you like next? All right, let's go to the NHL. All right, the NHL. Dean Evison said that the biggest key to the Wild being successful this season is to start much better than they did a year ago. They're not. They're 2-2. Two and two. That's not bad. That's not good. Definition middling. It's a 500 record. They play Columbus tonight. I hope they can get a win there. I hope they win every game, of course. But, you know, they could be 3-2, and two and you have a 600 winning percentage. You're going to be all right. But buy or sell this. It looks like the same team from a year ago. When they're losing, they're allowing 7-8 goals a game. I applauded the young back end of this hockey team just a week ago. A week later, buy or sell that you're very concerned with this team's inability to stop offenses. No, uh, I'll sell that. I'm very concerned that there's injuries. Um, when Jake Middleton is your best defender because everybody else is hurt or dinged up, you got an issue. The The thing is, and, and I was going to ask PA about this, but we moved on. When you have two goaltenders whose style is so different, I mean, as a defender, you have to know, I mean, covering up rebounds when Flurry's there and he's all over the ice, you have to know because when when uh, Gustafson is there, he doesn't let up rebounds, but he's also not covering edges. So you have so much different skill set. And when you're young, you've got to figure that out yet. So Spurgeon not being there is a huge deal. Right. And so, I no, I'm not worried about that because they have parts that are missing. I'm going to buy that I'm worried about it. I agree that the injury bug is a factor, but I'm going to say something different that might be relatable. But keeps what, us on the F- What on the concerns radio. me, well, yeah. Okay. I know the FCC regulations fairly right. well. Good, good. The seven dirty words I, I don't touch. Good, good. At least on the microphone. Off the mic, completely different world, but judge me accordingly. But anyway, I'm concerned about this piece of it. And we talk about this at the prep level with games that we cover, whether it's hockey or even football. And, you know, I've thought about it doing public address for basketball games around the community too. Runs will happen. Success by your opponent is going to happen no matter how good you are. It's how much do you contain it? How much do you keep it from snowballing? The freakout moment. I'm not concerned that they give up goals and offenses have some success. They're not going to shut teams out every game. It's just not going to happen. What concerns me a lot is things that happen like the LA Kings did the other night. It was four goals in a blink. And at the end of the first, barring a major comeback, it's over. Go ahead and have some bad moments, but don't let that bad moment go into a bad period and a half and have the game be over before it started. That's concerning to me because the two games that they lost, they put themselves behind almost a literal eight ball by giving up eight goals. 
and the offense did their part to try to make it a game, but you're giving them a hill they can't climb. That's concerning. I feel like a bobblehead over here. Because I, I thought agree it was just because your eyes every, still hurt. Oh, that my head is just going to pieces. Um, uh, it is so in volleyball, which I've been able. Yeah, to you do talked for about a while, it with Susan Schmidt last yeah, week. The freakout moment. It's called the freakout moment. Nine eight becomes seventeen eight, and and that's what you're talking about. Yep. You're talking about the freakout moment, and and when you have a lot of young kids playing in a sport that's twice as fast as the sport they played the same sport, but the speed of the NHL for guys like Faber is twice as fast as it was in in the NCAA's. And is it possible to even get down for a second right. and then all of a sudden it's two to nothing? We talk about the vitality of next play. That That's doesn't run out just point. because you're professional. And that I is, feel like next play is not happening for this team. Correct, because there's a freakout moment. That right. is such a great point, Brian. I, I agree with whatever it was you said there. Like I'm, You donned on something. You kind of sounded like PA. You were great, and I already forgot what you said. Yeah, right. Two down, let's two to go. go. What's next? Let's go, with, uh, let's go with the NFL, and let's finish with uh, the NBA. All right, so you talked about wanting to ask PA something, but we moved on. This one, I could have asked him, but I wanted to move on because he and Kirk have such a good relationship that goes well beyond football. I just chose to tread carefully. But we've talked a lot about this on this show and, of course, on Time for Two More, which is Viking-centric. By the way, on-air production meeting, no show after the Monday night game. The next one will be after Vikings-Packers on October 29th. Yeah, we work the next day. Yes, but... (laughs) When it comes to the Vikings, we agree that we don't think they're bad enough to have a shot at a Caleb Williams type. You could talk about the other quarterbacks in this class and consider whether or not you want them. And that's part of this. Buy or sell that if the Vikings are drafting, let's say, ninth, which I believe would be their current spot. Mm-hmm. Buy or sell that if that's the case, you extend Kirk Cousins. That's a great question. Thank you. That's two in this segment. Yep. So, um, I think you because you have no plan, right? They don't have a plan right now. Even if it's for one year, I think you have to extend Kirk Cousins because you said it with PA. He gets obliterated behind this offensive line. So if you're drafting ninth, you're going to have to make a decision between a quarterback like Dion's kid if he comes out or the kid from Texas, who, and they each have strengths that are amazing. The kid from Texas can throw darts, right? But they have uh, weaknesses that can be exploited. If you put a quarterback like that as the starter on their first day be behind an offensive line that gives up pressure up the middle all the time, they're not going to be successful. See David Carr's brother, right? No, it is David Carr. David Carr. Carr. David Carr Carr's was the one brother. that got sacked a ton. Derek yeah. Carr's playing now. What did he get sacked, though? It's like 70 times his rookie yes, year, right? Yes. And he was never able to. So if you're going to draft a kid with talent but with holes and flaws, you got you got to sign Kirk because – Truthfully, if you're drafted ninth, you're probably not going to draft a quarterback anyway. You're probably going to draft the defensive tackle from Illinois or the linebacker from Clemson or the secondary guy from um, Penn State who we're going to see today, King, um, because that's the special talent ninth overall. Apparently, Dave's planning on watching the Penn State game today then. We are going to watch the Penn okay. State game today. You little, are. Little Ohio State. Because I, I plan to watch Iowa-Minnesota. Yeah. I think it's on Peacock, and I do have that. I have way I too not. many streaming <laughs> services, and that's a different subject altogether. All right. That makes sense? It does, and I agree with a lot of it. But I'm going to sell. Can I sell knowing full well that I could quickly have seller's remorse? We've heard of buyer's remorse. I would have seller's remorse because... I like Kirk probably more than others do, and I've had people get after me for that reason. But I just think, and I use this phrase a lot in last week's show, and it's still pertinent, bleep or get off the pot 
is something very, very pertinent with the Minnesota Vikings in general. And at some point, and a caller last week on time for two more made this point, we need to get rid of the every other year we're a postseason factor with Kirk Cousins' purple mm-hmm. tenure. So you could say, well, wait a minute. If you believe in that pattern, extend them for one more year, and then you make the playoffs the year after this one. I get that. But you don't have a plan. And that's scary. But at some point, you just have to force yourself and put yourself out there, unplanned or not, because the current plan of having Kirk Cousins just doesn't seem to be working to the level you want it to. We could have a debate all day as to how much of that is truly his fault. But I don't know that you can just continue to do this and continue to be in a salary cap purgatory and continue to have that kind of money invested in him. You said it yourself, 30% or whatever it is invested in quarterback. If you're not getting Mahomes-esque type play out of that quarterback, it's a bit of a waste. I don't know what the plan should be. I talked about should it be Fields if the Bears get Williams. I don't want that, but it's possible. Kyler Murray is back among the living again. What's he going to want to do next year? Do you make a play like that? I have no idea, but at some point you just got to rip the Band-Aid off, and I think that's got to come. You shouldn't do anything because the fans want you to, but if they do extend Kirk Cousins even for a year, I just want to be entertained by the fan base having their heads explode. Give me 10 seconds on this one. Okay. Deion Sanders' kid has one of the best abilities that I've seen in a while of scrambling with his eyes downfield, almost like Mahomes, except Sanders is a legit runner, right? But if you bring a quarterback like that into an offensive line that lets pressure all the time, he quits looking downfield. And if Dion's young man who can throw, I mean, he's really a nice-looking quarterback. If he turns into a guy that doesn't trust his offensive line, so he tucks it right away and he runs for his dang life, all the skills that he brings, all those talents that we can nurture, go away because he turns into a tailback rather than a quarterback. And so we have to be very careful that first year to help them grow. I think that's fair. I just wonder if, even if you need to get another veteran, can you get a guy that will know that he's nothing but a bridge quarterback like for Cole. a lot less than you did for yeah, Kirk? That makes or, sense. Or if you want to play with Knicks, you just go ahead and keep Nick Mullins on your own team and go, we're, we're going to be or pretty the bad. With but the mustache and a mullet. What's his name? Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania. Or Zach Wilson, if he continues to have some success and Aaron Rodgers does come back. You give him a chance to play, give him a chance to be a proverbial Band-Aid for a year or a bridge quarterback. All right, so we're closing with the NBA. Yeah, they open this week. Yes, they do. And the Timberwolves, again, should be very good. But I've said this to so many people this week. I've emphasized the word should, and I've said, bear in mind, when's the last time a Minnesota pro franchise did what they should in a positive manner? And there is reason for concern. The Timberwolves had a perfect preseason record-wise. We've talked about their depth being a huge strength. Is it enough that you can buy or sell this? Jaden might be the most important player on this team, I think. He's nursing an injury again. There are injury concerns already. Not necessarily long term, but the more we don't hear specifics about it, are you concerned about this team's health with the tip-off about a week away? So I'll two-part this. Okay. Uh, one, I think we should learn something from TJ Hawkinson. And that is when somebody's looking for money, the easiest way to go about this is practice a little bit and do some stuff and say, oh, I think I have an abscess tooth I can't play, right? And so I think there's some of exaggerating the injury a little bit in order to make a point. What are they called? A slow down or a sit in? It's not It's not a strike. They're not walking off. They're right. still there. They're just not doing anything. Is it quiet quitting to yes, go Gen a, Z on it? In a way. And, and so I, I want to tell you that he's going to be fine, right? As soon as he gets paid, he's going to be that guy. And that's not unique to him. That's cross sports. Um, That being said, this might be the deepest Timberwolves team I've ever seen. 
Like there yeah. are 12 guys who can play in the NBA on that roster. Like Garza is probably your 12th guy. He's an NBA player. We've seen it. So, I mean, he's not an NBA starter, but he belongs in the league and he's our 12th guy. I agree. So I'll sell that I'm concerned about the injuries specific to Jaden. I'm a little bit more concerned if Carl Anthony Towns' injury becomes more of a big issue. Now people say, well, why? You've asked this team to get rid of him before. Well, but newsflash, the season's a week away. They're not going to, at least for now. And there's a difference between injury and two-thirds and a first next year. I mean, that's what we're talking about. But as long as the injury list doesn't have Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley, Nas Reed on it, Rudy Gobert on it, I'm pretty much okay. Now, I know I've said Jaden has a chance to be a straw that stirs a drink and takes them to the next level. And I believe in that. I agree with it. But you know who else has that opportunity and is similar, but their frames are a little bit different? I'm excited. I should play Shake by the Yin Yang Twins as a bump out song here because (laughs) because Shake Milton could be a huge deal for this team. And I'd be willing to bet even among NBA diehards, it might be a name that a lot of people hadn't really heard of. Um, I think NBA diehards had because he's had some really good moments. But I mean, think of who he's replacing. Whose minutes is he getting? He's getting the kid from UCLA who got hurt last year, who was uh, the guard the year before, who everybody's super excited about. Starts with an N. Um, that he's not on the team anymore. Um, the the shooter. He was the guy that was going to take over. Jalen Noel. That's it. Thank you. He, Again, he gets, I need to play password with Dave Cook. He gets Jalen Noel's minutes. And Jalen Noel was, I mean, bad last year. So now you're putting Shake Milton, who's a legitimate NBA professional, in that role. You've got um, all these all this depth of this team is just ridiculous. The only guy they can't replace for a short period of time is Ant. They just don't have anybody at that talent level. But like you said, if Carl gets hurt for two weeks, Naz is there. Naz Reed is going to be the guy. And Rudy Gobert is there. And Rudy Gobert was public enemy number one because he changed the look of this team a season ago. I got a sneaking suspicion we're going to really like Rudy Gobert this year, but maybe that's what scares me the most. I'm buying that this Minnesota Timberwolves team could be really, really good. So lots of sports to talk about there on Buy or Sell. There's lots of sports going on because that's what happens when the calendar hits late October. We'll close the show drawing some lines. Hope Ryan Arola of Arola Architecture Studio doesn't mind if we just scribble because there's way too many sports still to cover. We got about 10 minutes to do it. Stick around. Final segment, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Northland Sports Page. We're not dragging lines, but we're drawing lines, courtesy of Arola Architecture Studio. That's our final segment here today on the Northland Sports Page. We're here with you till new, and Arola Architecture Studio was the original. He's the OG. He's been with us since day one. Those days are almost approaching six years in total. First week in November, we will be there. And throughout those years, the sponsorship list has grown. Dave Cook, you have them all. Absolutely. Let's start with Comfort Systems. Tis the season, guys. It's time to get involved with Comfort Systems. Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, Pier B Resort, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem, Krause Heating and Cooling, Your Carrier, HVAC Authorized Dealer, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, Arola Architecture Studio, and the Blackwoods Group, including their location on London Road in Proctor, in Two Harbors, downtown here at Blackwater, and Tavern on the Hill. Which, by the way, you can go for their delicious brunch menu. Tavern has that from right now until 2 o'clock. My wife and I may just hit that up at some point this weekend. They do it today. They do it on Sundays as well. Of course, no Vikings game on Sunday. That frees it up for me a little bit. Monday night will be the big one for the Vikings. And with this show, we close it with drawing lines as we so often do. And we know we had a big show planned for today. We knew we had PA. We had Dave Hoops. We had Tony O'Neill. They were all excellent. And a joke that Dave loves to make when I talk to him about show prep during the week He loves to say, what do you want to talk about? What should we talk about? And sometimes he says it 35 seconds before we start the show. 
But for drawing lines today, this was so accurate because it was, what do you want to talk about? And then my rebuttal was, what don't you want to talk about? Because if you want it to be going on right now outside of the winter sports season, which still has a few weeks before it really gets going, fall sports, you asked for it, you got it, to borrow the old Toyota slogan again. But high school volleyball, I've been involved in that. College volleyball, you've been involved in that. We know high school football playoffs are coming. We will be heavily involved in that. College hockey's been going. College soccer's been going. You look at pro sports, there's plenty. Gophers, Iowa today. Oh my gosh, man. It's it's really just a take a deep breath and try to soak it all in. And you didn't hit the national stuff like the Major League Baseball. No. NBA is kicking off. And I want to ask you again, Major League Baseball, who do you have? Because I have Philly. Houston's on the brink. Philly's on the brink of advancing again. All this parody in the fun of the season, and we're going to do the same thing we I, did a year ago? I am in with Dave Hoop's prediction. No, I'm Philly, Texas, uh, and I think Philly wins the whole thing. And note to Tom Beresford, uh, our guy is going to be – Harper is going to be the guy who does this, and guess who will be going to the Hall of Fame when he does? You know, Harper is really making himself a case to be the guy. And I'm going to tell you this because you called me Eeyore earlier today. I'm just going to live up to it. I think Houston's going to win the whole thing because nobody outside of Houston wants them to. That's probably true, Brian. So your dad would be proud of my that prediction by me. Very proud He's of up you. there beaming, hopefully having a beer with my dad, hopefully enjoying <laughs> some hoops brewing because they should. But we talk about so many sports that are so much fun this time of year. You look at college hockey, it's, it's weird to have – Gopher fans and Bulldog fans happy at the same time. They might even be happy about the same thing because I know that Bulldog fans don't cheer for the Gophers. The one time they might might be when they face North Dakota. Yeah, that's fact. That's fact. And North Dakota, man, North Dakota, I think the only team that really loves themselves as much as the Gophers is North Dakota. Right. And the difference is there's there's no other teams to be concerned about out in that area where we Correct. have several. Correct. That's that's 100% true. And so, no, that was, that was a great win last night against a team that's really good to beat. And if you want to stick with Gophers, because I like to cater to you at times, do they have a shot? Because we were talking a lot about that, again, mainly because of my sweatshirt. I'm wearing my Gopher football row the boat sweatshirt today, but radio is not a visual medium and you can't see it. But do they have a chance? We both kind of said yes and no, because PJ loves to run the football. Iowa's offense is terrible, and that's being nice. I said this could be one of those games where it doesn't look very competitive because I was the better team. But because they struggle so badly on offense, this could end up 9-3, to three, and the Gophers lose by what's going to feel like a lot more than 6, but here we are. Yeah, and, and because of what you just said, I'm not sure Iowa's a lot better team. I think, they're, I think they're a better team, and I think their defense is very good. And until P.J. opens it up a little bit, if they're running inside left, inside left all night long, yeah, Iowa's good enough to figure that play out, and uh, the Gophers will be in trouble. But the Gophers' defense is nothing to sneeze at, and Iowa's offense, I don't think Iowa's offense is as good as the Gophers' offense. And so 9-6 to six is probably about the right score. The Gophers can win this because a 9-6 to six game can be decided on a single play, a single mistake, and the Gophers can, will be in this one. I know you don't like spreads and over-unders, but what crossed your mind when you saw a historically low over-under of 30 for Gophers-Iowa? <laughs> What Abs- year is this? No, I was like, uh, yep, that makes sense to me. We got the offense that can't do anything. What against would you the take if, let's say, it was legal because dreams really can come true? Let's say it was legal to gamble on sports in Minnesota. Over under is around thirty. What would you take? Uh, I think I'd probably take the under on that, Brian. I think I would too. And with a number like that, you just shouldn't. You know the old um, unstoppable force against the immovable object. Um, well, when the Gophers are on defense and the and Iowa's on offense, it might not be that, just so you know. The offense of Iowa is horrible, 
and the offense of the Gophers is just not really good. And the defense of the, of the Gophers is pretty good, and the defense for Iowa is very good. So, I mean, it's going to be just such a weird mix. All of them will try to play complementary football, just as will local high school football teams. We yep. will be heavily involved in that. Coming up on Tuesday on these airwaves, Rock Ridge pays a visit to Hermantown. Dave and I will be there. That will be a great game, we think, because Hermantown's got to be thinking about, man, I can't wait till we get Denfeld again. They can't get caught thinking that way. You got a game in front of you. Rockridge's that's gotta be Rockridge's thought is that you know, Hermantown's gonna look right past us because it can't read our numbers. No, well, no that's our issue. That's gonna be our issue, yes. Issue. Whose number is it anyway um, coming at you from Tuesday? I, I think that Hermantown, if if Coach Zags treats us right, Hermantown should come out and wreck Rockridge because they should have a, a sting from last week. They they were in a spot to win that and they just didn't. But if they overlook Rockridge, yeah, there's no doubt, Brian, that it could be Rockridge, Denfeld, and, and it wouldn't be terribly surprising. And if that happens, that would set the table. And again, we can look ahead. It would be Hermantown, Denfeld, part two, as they say, a rematch. This time it would be Denfeld being the home team. As the kids say, are you not entertained? Because I think we would be again. Yeah, I think it would be fun. I think Denfeld, now that they believe, they might be really dangerous in that next game. High school volleyball playoffs will be starting as well. There's plenty of talent in this area. You look at what Cloquet has done, a darn near perfect season. Hermantown beat them once in a tournament, lost to them during the regular season in a regular match, if you will. But those are the top two seeds in their section. Duluth East, obviously a class above with enrollment. Duluth East, I'll tell you this. You and I have been confused by QRF before because it's kind of like the uh, quarterback rating. We just don't know what numerically really goes into it, even though there is a website that explains it. I've read that and I've done the Homer Simpson. Can you repeat the part about the thing? Because I still don't get it. So QRF is not the way that Duluth East section is seeded because QRF-wise, I believe they would have been fourth. They still do a coach's vote. Duluth East sunk to seventh because they're the only team north of Forest Lake by any type of margin. That's tough. How do you how do you advocate for QRF? Because most people don't understand that either. Right. No, And but that, you know what? That's where Duluth East wants. They want to be underestimated again. And Speaking they certainly of, will be. I, I tell you last night that East graduate scholastic volleyball player Riley Panger all of a sudden was a libero last or the other night first classic and she looked pretty good. Yeah, an outside hitter that I was used to watching when you told me she was playing libero. I said I got to get to Rife Jim. I got to see this. Yep. So that's another team that you can check out if you'd like to. And on Play these today. airwaves Monday night you're going to be checking out the Vikings versus the 49ers. I'll take your score prediction, Dave Cook. We did this on time for two more. That was six days ago. What's changed for you, if anything? Yeah, this is this is a hard one to predict because you don't know who's going to play for the Niners. But I'll I'll pick I'll pick the Vikings. I'll pick the Vikings 28-25. All right, I'm going to pick the Vikings as well. Crazy. I'm going to take the Vikings by two scores. Actually, I'm going to take the Vikings putting up 30 on this vaunted Niners defense and winning 30 to 21. Why? Because I don't care if I'm wrong. I'd rather enjoy myself and have the Vikings win. So why not say it? And here's what I think. When you talk about Vikings football, our fans love to be tortured. If the Vikings win this game, they're back in the thick of things. And that might be more torture than just calling this season a season this early. I agree with that, Brian. I agree. It, It leads to so much unknown, but that'll be fun. So thank you to Paul Allen. Thank you to Dave Hoops. Thank you to Tony O'Neill. Thank you, Dave Cook. This was a ton of fun. We made it, Brian. We did well. We did. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Skull Vikes on Monday. Have a good one. We'll see you.